Hey, Russell, what's going on, man? Welcome to the Change Creator Podcast Show. How are you doing today? I'm doing amazing. Thank you so much for having me, man. I'm super excited. Yeah, you know, I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited about your book. You know, I did, I ordered that bad boy. I haven't gotten my copy yet, but I'm waiting uh, very impatiently with this uh, whole pandemic. You know, everything's backed up and slowed down. So we'll <laughs> hopefully get that soon. Um, listen, man, tell us just a little bit, just to kick this off and get everybody acclimated. Um, you know, why did you decide to even create Traffic Secrets on top of everything else that you're already doing? Yeah, um, <laughs> that's a really good question. Sometimes I think I love punishment or something. Writing books is really hard. Um, no, but the, the real reason is, um, you know, it's, I think I have a, a unique spot, like uh, being one of the co-founders of ClickFunnels, we have a chance to see so many people's businesses and what they're doing, what's happening behind the scenes, what's actually working, what's not. Uh, I get an email every single day, which is like, Christmas where it's like, here's all the top 20 uh, funnels from in, in all click funnels based on sales and based on leads. So every day I see 40 new funnels are like it's working in real time. And like, we just get a chance to see all these, these fascinating things. And then I see also the, the frustrations of people that are canceling and people that are, you know, or just, I got my ads account shut down. Right. I, I, I have a funnel. My product's way better than my competitors, but nobody sees mine. They're buying theirs and like all this stuff. And it's like, man. And so for me, I'm always thinking like, what, like, what's the thing I can do to help the community the most right now? And I tell you what, I did not want to write another book because um, there's so much pain associated. But I was yeah. like, the biggest, the biggest problem people have now is traffic. And I think the biggest problem is that they, they all look at it from, from, um, from a lens of like, like, how do I run Facebook ads? Or how do I do Google? Like, they look at it from these yeah. lenses. Or yeah. the people that are talking about traffic, they're always like, we found this loophole. And they're like, here's how to exploit this loophole that we just found. And like, by definition, a loophole closes. Like, it's, it's only there yeah. for a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And, and, um, and I just, it, it, I don't know, I've been nervous because I think there's, um, you know, obviously we've been blessed over the last seven or eight years where Facebook has made uh, traffic so easy for people, but I see it shifting right now. And, and I was like, I need to help um, my entrepreneurs that, that follow us to like understand traffic more strategically different so that when Facebook shuts down or when Zuckerberg gets closed down by the government, hopefully he doesn't love him. <laughs> don't um, say that. Yeah, but whatever happens, like there's, the, we're ready for it because it's going to happen. And in fact, it's funny that, the introduction says introduction and it says there's a storm coming and I didn't realize yeah. we'd be launching the book in the middle of the economic storm, but, <laughs> it's, but it's happening. I think that people yeah. like need these skill sets right now because um, if it hasn't happened for you yet, um, an ad account is going to get shut down. Like the way you rely on traffic right now is going to shift or change or disappear. And if you're not prepared, your business will be gone. And I've seen so many people who had amazing businesses who are out of business yeah. now because of that. And so it's really to help people to, to have a more holistic, um, good way to, you know, long-term way to drive traffic to their business. Yeah. And, and so what is, I mean, are you saying to diversify, to have paid and organic strategies in place? Like, can you just go a little deeper on what you mean uh, in preparation for that? Um, yeah. So <laughs> to, to answer that question, like um, I want to go back in time, like 15 years, because yeah. I got started before Facebook, before there was MySpace, then there was like Friendster. And then before that, there were no social networks. And that's when I got started on this game. When I was in college and I was trying to figure it out and there weren't like a ton of people teaching internet marketing back then. So it was like, it was kind of, it was a lot harder to figure things out and there weren't anyway. And so like, I remember joining this, um, this group with these old school, like direct response dudes like Dan Kennedy and Bill Glazer. And I remember joining the group and I went the very first day and I was the only internet nerd in the group and uh, they always made fun of me. And I, I like, they bring in a, a, a sales, like a direct mail piece they're working on. They're like, Russell, this is an envelope. Inside of it, there's a lot of people actually hold these and they open them. Have you ever, you know, they totally just make fun of me. Yeah. And then I remember one of the, one of the meetings, um, I can't remember who it was, but uh, they, they said something that like stuck in my head. They said, the problem with most of you internet guys is you think that the internet is a business. 
that's why you're all like, that's why you guys are all so wishy-washy. It's like, he's like, the internet's not a business. The internet's a media channel, just like direct yeah. mail or radio or TV or news. Like it, it's, they're all the same. And he's like, yeah. when you look at, when you look at the internet as a media channel, it follows the same rules as all these other media channels. And so that's how I learned marketing is like, okay, well, let me do direct mail. So we did direct mail. We ran radio. So I started learning these principles and then I was able to go over here and be like, oh, now that I understand these things, this is actually really easy. It doesn't matter if it's Facebook or TikTok or Twitch or my, like, like the principles are all the same. And so this book is really helping people understand the core principles of, of, of media channel, how they work. And so that way they, they're evergreen. So like when Facebook gets shut down or changes, like, like, okay, well just where, where do we shift? Where we shift to because the principles are still the same. Yeah, I get you. So just getting to that real core, not getting so tactical about the actual little bits and pieces, but understanding how to look at the marketing strategy, not the yes. just the execution on these different platforms and things like that. I love that. Yeah, that's super helpful. Um, I'm excited to get this book. I mean, you know, I, traffic always is a big struggle for people and just really getting that foundation of how to see it. I guess it shifts the perspective a little bit, which can just yeah. be a game changer, right? Yeah. What opens up it opens up so many more, um, you, you mentioned earlier, I like go down rabbit holes, it opens up these rabbit holes of traffic where it's like when you get the book, like chapter one, um, I, I geek out a lot. I'm like, in fact, if you look at all my books, like the first section of all my books is like, understand your dream customer. Cause most people are like just running and like, no, like, yeah. Like understanding, understanding your dream customer, at like a deep intimate level where you know, their fears, their thoughts, like just really understanding them. So yeah. step one's that. And step two, the second question then is not like, how do I buy Facebook ads to these people? It's like, okay, I know who these people are where are they hanging out online? Like, where are they congregating? Yeah. And when you ask that question, it all of a sudden it shifts. Cause it's like, well, my dream customer, let's say they're into to health and fitness or couponing or whatever it is. Right. Where are they hanging out? It's like, well, here are the 30 blogs that they all read. Here are the yeah. 200 podcasts they listen to. Here are the Facebook groups. They're part of here's the email list they subscribe to here are, and all of a sudden it's like, Oh my gosh, like there's this whole world of, of these little right. like gold mines, these little pockets of traffic. And I think right now everyone's like folks on like, one, you know, again, Facebook, like one thing of traffic is like, there's so many other traffic sources that nobody's tapping into. In fact, I did this experiment with someone the other day uh, who was like, well, I can't afford ads, Russell. So I was like, okay, uh, I had my way, like, grab your phone out. And so okay. those who are listening, you won't be able to do this, but you won't be able to see it. But if you're All watching, right. um, play along here, if you go like, there's the, there's the podcast app, right? It's free. In, in Apple, <laughs> everyone's got it. You click on the podcast app and you're like, okay. And then you go through here. And if you scroll down, there's a section that says the top shows. Yeah. So it shows you like, what are the best shows today? So you click on top shows, you click on see all, and there's categories. So it shows there's news, comedy, sports, history, art, business, like there's all these categories, right? And then right. let's say like you have a product for kids and family, right? So click on kids and family. And right there pops up 200, the top 200 bit ranked on the most listens, the top 200 podcasts in the world for, 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 um, for family and kids. So if there I have a go. product for family and kids, I'm like, and it was crazy. It's like some of these podcasts, I, I don't think people understand this. Like I hear people all the time, like, well, if I could be on the Ellen show, I'd be rich. Like, if I could <laughs> yeah. say, it's like people aren't watching TV anymore. Like some of these podcasts get more downloads per episode than Ellen's ever dreamt of. It's like, yeah. and these people, like there's not 18 levels of producers and all these things. It's like, you can, you can mess and be like, I love your podcast. I, I actually have a really cool product and a story. Can I come on and tell it? And they're like, sure. And you can get on a show and get free traffic yeah yeah or most of these most of these podcasts also happen to sell ads and then because there's not like some easy ad network like like facebook that you can just buy ads like most people don't buy ads there because it's you have to like actually email the person and be like how do i buy ads exactly so yeah. there's so much opportunity the ad costs are so much cheaper and so it's like there's anyway when you start shifting your thinking like that it's like who's my dream customer where are they at and then it's like how do i how do i get my message in front of them can i can i 
get on a podcast and you can buy ads. Can I, can I write a guest blog post? Can I get them to, to blog about me? Can I buy a pop-up on their blog? Like there's, it opens up yeah. this whole new world of possibilities that most people are just completely ignoring right now. Yeah, it's true. And I, I think that a lot of these bloggers and stuff who still get lots of traction and things like they're on, they're underused. They're, they're overlooked quite a bit. Right. And um, you know, you start tapping into these mommy blogs who like, it's funny that they blog and they get paid like, five cents for somebody to clip to clip a coupon or something. And so I was like, you get paid five cents to get somebody to click and then like download the thing. I was like, I'll pay you a bucket click to give her my book. <laughs> yeah. like, what? And like yeah. two thousand books later, I'm like, that was one blog that nobody else has advertised. <laughs> right. All right, let's do this again. <laughs> I love that, man. It's true. You just got to open your eyes, and we tend to get a uh, fun. Uh, what do you call it? Tunnel vision sometimes, mm-hmm. right? And we we've had a major focus on um, organic and Facebook. And I love like what you're doing too. We're, we're always all about getting out on the podcast and those types of things. And there's just a lot of creative thinking and untapped resources. So I'm sure your book will cover a lot of those cool uh, areas. Yeah, you're thinking differently. Uh, one yeah. of them was like, um, cause again, like a lot of people talk about SEO, right? So it's like, and I talk about it in the book, but I'm like, let me show you my shortcut. Cause like, I remember when we first started learning, learning, learning SEO, I was like so frustrated. Cause I'm so much yeah. like, I want like, like when do you guys want this, when do you want to be ranked number one for this keyword? Like today. Yeah. Like, well, it's like, <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, so I get frustrated. So I, I, I remember the first time like that we had a campaign trying to rank us for a set of keywords. I remember yeah. being so frustrated after like a week or two. I went directly to Google. I typed in keywords. I found the top ten, the top ten listings. I went to every page, and I realized that most of those pages are like blogs and things like that, where someone's yeah. really good at ranking stuff, and they don't know how to sell anything. And so I started emailing like, people directly. I'm like, dude, you're rank number one for work at home. Um, can I? Like, and there's a big banner ad. Can I just buy that banner ad from you? <laughs> Or can I, can I pay you to put a pop-up on your site? Yeah. And like, sure. And so within like, within five seconds, you know, if you searched my dream keyword, which we were hopefully somebody going to rank for, if someone clicked on it, clicked on the page and they went to it, like my ad was there. And instantly like that fast, I was getting all this SEO traffic from there other people who SEOed for me. And like, again, it's like so simple, but these little things that is shifting your mindset that people don't think about that hopefully this book will just be like, I, I have control of my own destiny once again. Like it's simple. It's easy when you start looking at through different lenses. Well, and I love that. That's a simple perspective shift. That's a great example. So anybody watching or listening right now, I mean, just the idea, like we do a lot of SEO for organic traffic. We have B2B clients who want to tap into that traffic, but flip the script. And it's like, well, I'm not going to rank for everything based on, let's say our membership that we sell, but we could tap into other people who already have it. And they're probably not capitalizing on it. <laughs> anyway, you get a pretty good deal from them probably. <laughs> Definitely for sure. I love that, man. Um, listen, I'm, I was curious one thing, just because you did two other books. Um, did you change your process? at all like based on the experience on the other ones yeah uh i did this one for sure um one thing that's nice is that uh, i never used google docs in the past because i always hated google docs what? and this book like i found out about them and now like i'm obsessed with google docs <laughs> it's awesome but, man i i don't know how i wrote because i'm i write it in like word and then like i'd send it to people and they edit send it back on like eight different edits i'm trying to like sync it was a nightmare so what's yeah. fun about this i did is like i started google docs and i waited till i was like a ways down and then I invited some people close to me. I was like, hey, I want you guys to go behind and read it. Not like editing, editing like uh, grammar, but I want you editing right. like concepts. Like, is this making sense? Is it confusing? Like, yeah. does this story have context enough for the action? You know, and so like, I had five or six people reading behind me and like leaving comments and stuff. And so as I was doing the book, they were following behind me. And by the time I got to the bottom, it was really fun because I got to the top and I was like, I was, I was rewriting, but with like 10 people's ideas. I went, oh, like, oh, that's so good. And like, and I, it was, I just made the process more collaborative and way more. Fun. I like I that. book turned out better because of it too. And how long did it take to get this one put together? Oh, this was a pain. Um, <laughs> it was a good pain. <laughs> you guys all benefit from the pain. Um, so it, it, um, well, from when I first started, it was about 18 months. 
but it wasn't yeah. like, I mean, obviously I'm doing a lot of things as well. Um, I would say like the hard, like crunch time of like, like I have to finish a chapter every like three days or whatever, like the thing was, you know, the first 18 months was tons of research and finding stuff and outlining and trying to structure and a lot of doodle, I'm a doodler. So a lot of doodles, but like yeah. pen to paper was probably a good uh, three to four months of just like everything yeah. else is blocked off and I'm it's just too bad. Right now. Yeah. That's not too bad though. I, uh, you met, the way you mentioned having other people read through it. Um, we, I spoke with Guy Kawasaki not well a while ago now, but he was like, yeah, when I write a new book, I take the manuscript draft and I'll send it out to my Twitter audience and let everybody oh, just wow. share feedback. <laughs> I was like, really? He's like, yeah. Whoa, no. brave. I don't know if I would dare to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was pretty brave too. He's like, listen, if someone else can steal it and do it better than me, then shame on me. <laughs> okay. Wow. I think for me, it's like, I have this fear, because it's funny, um, I think any creative person, like you create in private, so it's like you're with your thoughts and you're loving it. And as soon as you like, yeah. you give it, like first time someone read it, like I, outside of my, my few close people, the first time like I shipped a couple copies of people and like, it was, I was so scared. I remember the first person that messaged me back was Garrett, uh, Garrett J. White. He messaged back. He's like, dude. And that's what he said. I'm like, oh crap. He's like, this is actually better than the first two books. I was like, oh, <laughs> and then like I, I didn't want to like, this is actually a little bit Mic worse. Drop. <laughs> yeah. So like, it's so scary. It's so like to put it out to Twitter. I can't even imagine that. I would have had a heart attack. I would have melted down. I don't know if I can yeah. handle that. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, I'd like to just get your thoughts on, you know, I know you have teams running ads and all that kind of stuff, but when it comes to, I just want to talk about paid traffic for a minute. Um, and I'm sure you obviously cover a lot of this in the book. But I guess, where's, what are some of the shortcomings people have with paid traffic? Meaning like, you know, we work with a lot of solopreneurs, people in the first five years, let's say. And I'm curious because what happens is they have this fear factor of actually spending money. So they're not getting enough data, right? And they're, they're not willing to pay for data. So what are your thoughts about like, you know, proving out a new funnel? Like we don't nail it up the offer on the first try, right? It's so like any thoughts on just how to lean into the paid traffic world a little bit? That's what's the it's the, the hardest thing it's like i'm not a gambler but like I, I see people go to vegas and they throw a quarter and the first time they win like ah, oh, and they're like stuck on gambling whereas like yeah. paid ads it's the opposite it's like you don't you know and i talk uh, we talk about that here where it's like if you look at the initial advertising efforts you're going out there you're trying to like uh yeah. you know you're you're finding people and you're bringing them into your world and it's like you spend 80 percent of the money there and you only get 20 percent of the results and it's like oh and it sucks for a while because you have to like get people get data and get things in there it's just like this annoying, frustrating experiment that's just no good. And then what happens is then you bring them in. And now they they dump into your retargeting buckets where now you're spending 20% of the money, but you make 80% of your results. And yeah. then it becomes easier, but it's like, you have to get through the grind of this first. I think yeah. if, if it was me, you know, um, and I was kind of this first time, I would look at this almost like as if you're hiring a coach or a consultant or, a, you know, buying a course. I think people like they're, they're less scared of buying a course or hiring a coach <laughs> yeah. than they are buying ads, but just be like, okay, I'm buying a co uh, uh, a coach or, you know, whatever, who's going to help me go find a bunch of my dream customers and they're going to buy me a bunch of data and then they're going to dump it to me. And then this data I'm going to use and like, look at it from that lens and then like give it to whoever's running the ads for you, whatever. And, and just know like I, I'm spending, and it could be, you know, whatever you're comfortable with a thousand bucks, 5,000, whatever, like, but just like write it off as like, this is money that I'm, I'm hiring a consultant to find the data. Who's going to buy my offer in the future. And yeah. if you look at that lens and it's like, now you go out there, money spent. I'm not, I'm not expecting any return on investment. I don't even want it. I'm just getting data back. And then now you got these buckets where your targeting stuff happens. Yeah. And then that's where, that's where, that's like, you get your hit of like, this is so easy. Like people are buying like crazy, but yeah. it's, it is definitely scary when you don't look at it from that lens of just like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, 
It's true. Well, and, and organic for a lot of people can be pretty slow. So they're like, it's been three months and I haven't had any new sales for my course. And it's like, well, how many people have actually watched your, have <laughs> been through your funnel? Oh, well, 20, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm curious if you have thoughts. I know you, cause you've done some transactional type stuff with low, lower ticket items and scale all the way up to super high ticket items. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when it comes to thinking about traffic, um, does that change? Does the strategy change between transactional versus high ticket, right? Like the, the entering that thought process. Yeah, um, that's interesting. Uh, and you know, people always ask me like, well, should I just do a low ticket? Should I just do high? And I, I feel like a good business has has all of them. Like the, the, there's, there's purposes for them, right? Like when I launched ClickFunnels, I was going initially after a warm audience. And so we had a thousand dollar offer. We did it through webinars and like, we just, we, like I was doing, it's funny in, in expert secrets, I tell, I tell people to do a webinar a week and they're always like, ah, complaining. I was like, all right, just, <laughs> just so you know, the first 12 months of ClickFunnels, I was doing three to five webinars a week. Some days I would do three webinars in a day. Like it was just like, like pedal the metal. We were going hundred percent. We were buying ads. We were buying emails. We were like as many things that we could do just to get uh, things. And that's how we grew it from zero to 10 million in the first year. Like just like and I killed myself yeah. and I wanted to, to die because I was so tired, but, <laughs> that's but a I lot. did it right. But then it got a point where like there was so much saturation. So many people had seen it. We got harder and harder to, to like yeah. possibly keep buying stuff to it. And that's when I was like, okay, now we need like a lower ticket thing to step down to, to kind of be like this Trojan horse to get people in. And then we can send them to a webinar. So that's when we did the dot-com secrets book. It came like, I think six months, six, eight months after we launched ClickFunnels, this book came out. Yeah. That would grab people in. They come in this world, they buy the book, they go to the book funnel. And then from there, we push in the webinar funnel. And then like that, that became the model, you yeah. know? And like traffic yeah. secrets book is the same thing. Like, it actually if you look at like my business like dot-com secrets was like you got all the people who were internet marketers who who were like they may have understood funnels maybe not yet but like that was the group we were going after and after yeah. we got, got that group into the world it was like okay how do we go beyond that world let's find people who are experts and influencers and help them to understand how funnels work for them so the second book came out which may, cast a wider net to people that who who weren't marketers yet but they you know but like we turned them we grabbed them and turned help them understand how funnels work and brought those people into our world and traffic mm-hmm. secrets is like the wider network. Like anybody who's got a website or a business or anything <laughs> yeah. you need traffic, right? And so it, it can go to places that like nothing else can, right? Um, I'm working right now on a radio campaign. Like I'm running this on radio ads. I mean, like it, it'll penetrate spots that I can't penetrate with other offers. Yeah. So the low ticket yeah. stuff has the ability to penetrate different segments and things. Like we have a, a book for, for network marketers, specifically how network marketers can use funnels. And that'll penetrate into that market and grab people in and then help them bridge the gap between you know, network marketing funnels. And then we put them into our same webinars and move them from there. Got and it. So that's kind of how I look at it. And then the high end obviously is just, you know, super profitable. You take all the people and push them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you got your value ladder that you talk about in the other books. So you're really working people through that process and they serve different purposes. So I guess, yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I'm curious to know just also, uh, when you're, when you're going through, you mentioned doing like a webinar a week. And I, I think a lot of people do roll their eyes at that because it's like doing a live webinar. I think one, a lot of people might get nervous about getting out there and going live and things like that. And two, it's pretty time consuming, right? If you have an hour or 90 minute webinar and you're doing that um, multiple times, but it's nice when you're getting sales, right? Yeah. So it's like, it's like of all the things I could be doing in the business, it's the most valuable thing I could possibly be doing. So why not do it? And the why other thing it forces right? you to do because people are like, wait, so I do a new webinar every week my list. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is the same webinar word for word, the same every single time, which then it forces you. Cause, cause if you do the same webinar to your list twice, it's going to stop working. Right. So it's like, that means I have to get new people in every, it means I <laughs> yeah, want to get traffic. Exactly. Cause I was like, I'm not going to jump on a webinar unless we got at least 
I can't remember my, I had a number back then. We had at least 3000 register. I wasn't doing the webinar. And so my traffic was like five days to get these like, so they're like, they're freaking out and like they're focusing on traffic. So we got everyone in our company focusing on the right things. Like our traffic team was no longer like sitting on their haunches. Like they're like, I have to get X amount of people registered or else this whole business model falls apart. And I, <laughs> I got to deliver my presentation. Like it just got yeah. everybody, it got everybody doing the right things when we started focusing on that. Okay. And, and, and doing it like, why not have it evergreen and recorded like versus the live? Is this so you can get real time feedback? Like what was the purpose behind that? Yeah. I think eventually real time or uh, evergreen is good eventually, but not at first. And I think most people miss that. Like I, the first time I did the webinar that, that launched ClickFunnels, um, I was in an event. I, I wrote it on the plane right over. I did it. I did it and it worked. I was like, this is the, me- I figured out the messaging, but I remember the next morning I was like leaving the hotel with my, with my bag. And some lady in the lobby grabbed me. She's like, oh, your presentation was so fun. She's like, I, I just feel bad. I didn't buy it because I'm a coach. And so I can't use, I can't use ClickFunnels. I'm like, what? And she's yeah. like, yeah, well, because I, I, in, the, in the presentation, I showed like my supplement funnel. I showed Drew Canola's. I showed it. And she's like, yeah, I don't have a supplement, so I can't use ClickFunnels. And I was like, what? I was like, <laughs> I'm a coach. Like, I sell books. and co- like, I sell, like, she's like, are you yeah. serious? I had no idea. So she, ran, she runs back to her room. She grabs three other women. They come down. All three of them like grab order forms. They fill it, hand it to me. And they're like, we had no idea that we could use this as a coach or a consultant. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm jumping in the plane. I was like, oh my gosh, like I missed it. So I went through and I tweaked the presentation. I add those things in. I got back to Boise. Um, uh, that was like a Saturday, I think. And then it was like next Monday. Um, yeah. uh, on the flight, I'm texting everyone that I know. Like, I got a webinar. It's converting. Like, can you promote it? And so we had <laughs> webinars lined up for the next week. And I did the very first webinar. I remember I did two that day. And the first one had, they both had like, I don't know, 800-ish people that were on it. So I did the first webinar that morning and I did like $30,000 in sales. And I was like, oh, I thought it was gonna be a little better. But I remember I went through it and I looked at all the questions people submitted during the webinar. And I was looking, I'm like, oh my gosh, like they, they were confused here, here, here. They were confused about the offer here. Here's, and so I had all the list of wherever they were stuck. So I took that, went back to my slides and I like, I just added slides, tweaked things, changed things to, to address all those concerns. And like four hours later, I did the same webinar to a, the same size audience. And that time we did $120,000 in sales. And so then I went through and I export all the questions again. I'm like, hey, where do they get stuck now? And we came this habit of every single time we would do that, we'd, we'd do the presentation, export it, tweak the slides, tweak the slides. And I did that for weeks and weeks until I had this thing where it was just so polished to yeah. like, to this day, yeah. I can do it by, I can do it from memory, word for word. And at that point, <laughs> then it's like, now I'm I like, go for it, go, go and evergreen it. But the problem is most people evergreen the first version because it's like, I'm going to do it once. So they do it once and then they're missing all the, like, if they just did it live every day for a month or every, you know, four times the day every week for a month, they would, they would probably two or three extra conversions. And just like, so someone knows like the difference, like if you're, if you're, um, if you have like 5% of people to buy on a webinar, it's like a six figure yeah. year webinar. You get yeah. 10%. That's like a seven figure webinar. You get 8%. That's a $10 million year webinar. So like the, yeah. the getting 5% conversion to 15 is different between six figures and eight figures. So like, is it worth making those tweaks and those tests? Big yes. time, big time. And you're seeing where you need to make tweaks based on just where people are asking questions. So are you pausing to be like, hey, does anybody have questions or are they just firing off? There's firing them off, yeah. Um, I, I, I do a lot of trial closes throughout my presentation. Like, are you guys getting this? Do you have any questions? Like, but I, I don't look at them during the presentation because it throws me off. But as yeah. soon as the yeah. person who's export it, look at them all and like, okay, they're stuck here, stuck here, stuck here. Yep, yep. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because there's just so many little points of, uh, we've had things where people are like, well, I wasn't sure if that was for me or not because you said solopreneurs, right? And I thought that was for this. And we're like, ah, man, you know, and it's like, <laughs> there are all these little nuances and you can get stuck in a world of changing things for no reason if you don't have that data, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, listen, Russell, I know we're about out of our time, so I'm going to wrap up here. Um, let's just give a shout out. Actually, one last thing is just to point out, like, where can people learn more about the book? Do you have a specific URL that you want to uh, shout out? Yeah, for sure. Um, right now we're doing a uh, promotion or pre-launch where you can get free copies of the book uh, just over at trafficseekers.com. Uh, you got to pay like $9.95 shipping and handling for the hard bound copy. We got a whole bunch of amazing bonuses. There's like five or six full full length um, uh, training videos that come with this from like Prince EA, for example, has got 3 billion views on, um, on, uh, on Facebook. He made a whole video showing how he goes viral with videos, which is insane. Like it's so good. And like Dean yeah. Graciosi wrote the forward for the book. He, um, he, we were, we were very competitive, me and him, and we had this uh, challenge so you could sell the most books. And he was selling four times more books than I was. And we could not, for the life of me, figure out what he was doing different. So I flew down to Arizona, spent a day with him, and we figured out, it was like this one stupid thing that we completely missed. We went back, made the tweak, and same thing, we got uh, our book sales up 4X over where they were before. And then he spoke at Funnel Hacking Live. I was like, share this with our audience. We did a whole presentation sharing it and breaking it down and showing everybody. So that video's in there. And there's a whole bunch of cool stuff you get for free when you get a free book. So uh, that's kind of what it is. And uh, I hope you guys love the book. Yeah, man. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time. Such an important topic. And we love uh, that you're sharing all your expertise and uh, good luck with the sales, man. Everybody grab your copy of Traffic Secrets. You know, it's going to be killer if it's anything like the other two books, right? Awesome. Thanks, Thanks man. I appreciate, appreciate it. Russell. It's a lot of fun. Take care, buddy. All right. Let's see you.